Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion, that USDA program. It's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Every time the debt ceiling <laughs> approaches, people call me and say, hey, so what do you think about it? So we were one of those phone calls Carlos Mucha answered. Yeah, I have never taken an economics class in my life. He's a lawyer and economics enthusiast. No, it, it really, it's like fantasy football or something. There are some people who are paid to study economics and that's great, but it's something I do for free. You might not know him by name, but about a decade ago, through a comment on a blog post, Carlos popularized an idea to avoid a national debt crisis by minting a trillion dollar coin. Yeah, that's right. Creating a coin out of thin air that's worth $1 trillion, minting it, and using it to pay off the nation's debt. Sounds easy, right? The Coinage Act allows the mint, at the direction of the Secretary of the Treasury, to mint platinum coins of any denomination. And so the mint could send over a trillion-dollar coin, and then they would get the profits. And that really was the, the genesis of the idea. The potential for default and all the collateral damage has people thinking far and wide about how to avoid catastrophe, including this idea, except that officials have officially ruled it out. Still, if you ask Carlos, a trillion dollar coin isn't as crazy as it sounds. If a gimmick like the debt ceiling, which is used to basically force through policy changes, can be beaten by another gimmick, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's a solution to what he sees as the real political problem. The fact that there's a debt limit in the first place. Like the government kidnaps itself. I don't know how you describe it. It's so stupid that we have this artificial crisis that shouldn't be there. I'm Eugene Daniels. This is Playbook Deep Dive. The debt limit. It's all Washington could talk about this week with the threat of default looming. That is, the day the Treasury Department officially runs out of cash. It would be catastrophic to not pay the government's bills. If we hit that limit, the U.S. could look like something out of an apocalypse movie. Planes fall out of the sky, uh, lakes are on fire immediately, the streets run red with the blood. Okay, Maybe not literally apocalypse, but still chaos. Market chaos, economic chaos, um, all for absolutely no good reason. What actually happens if the nation defaults on its debt? I'll say this, nothing good happens. Uh, U.S. Treasury bondholders could see defaults. We could be unable to pay the military, Social Security, all sorts of benefits. And Wall Street will tank. I mean, there's just no way around it. Ben White is Politico's chief economic correspondent. I write the morning money column, and then I write about economics, finance, Wall Street, anything to do with the confluence of politics and our economy. Resident nerd of Politico. Resident old guy <laughs> econ markets nerd is my unofficial title. King nerd of the nerds. King nerd, yeah, exactly. He knows better than anyone that we've been down this road before. Congress has raised or suspended the debt ceiling dozens of times in the last few decades. 
Remember 2011? The leaders of both parties in both chambers have reached an agreement that will reduce the deficit and avoid default. What about 2012? Look, the only way we ever cut spending around here is by using the debate over the debt limit to do it. 2014? The people of this country want us to address the deficit and debt as part of any debt ceiling agreement. You get the picture. There are solutions here, people. Like, the path exists for one party to do it. I don't know anymore. I feel like Congress has surprised us over and over again with their ability to... Shoot themselves in the foot, yeah. Yes, exactly, shoot themselves in the foot. Destroy the economy for no good reason, right? It comes down to this. We've been in the middle of a standoff between two party leaders, President Joe Biden... Guarantee that the U.S. will not reach the debt ceiling, that that will not happen? No, I can't. That's up to Mitch McConnell. And Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. The death ceiling needs to be addressed. The only question is who should address it. And I hope our friends on the other side will step up and take care of it. Everyone was watching to see whether Mitch would blink on addressing the debt ceiling. And this week he did. Backing down after Democratic threats of nuking the filibuster for the debt ceiling started to seem more real. He might not have blinked exactly, but he gave Dems a little wink, offering them an extension of the debt ceiling until December without a GOP filibuster. And on Thursday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced the deal. We have reached agreement to extend the debt ceiling through early December. Basically kicking the can on this issue down the road for the next two months, at which point Congress will be right back in the same position of having to raise or suspend the debt limit. Happy holidays, everybody. The thing that grinds my gears the most is that people think it authorizes new spending, that somehow Congress Mm. is being like, you know, allowing more profligate runaway federal spending and that, you know, it's somehow hiking the allowance or raising the limit on the credit cards. No, wrong, false, incorrect, doesn't do that. (laughs) All it does is say that, you know, these spending increases that we've already done and tax cuts that we've already done, we actually pay for, you know, that we make good on our bills. It is not a a hike in the government's allowance. Congress authorizes taxes and spending. You can't, as a Congress, at the same time, authorize that and then refuse to pay for it. It just doesn't make any sense. It's completely asinine. For a couple of weeks, Dems were tweeting out videos comparing McConnell now to when he was majority leader, saying this can't happen. Basically sounding exactly like Biden currently. One other thing, the Secretary of the Treasury, the Senator Schumer and I had a good meeting this morning in my office to discuss the raising of the debt ceiling, which we all know will need to be done uh, sometime in the next uh, month or so. And we're going to be looking for a way forward uh, to do that together to make sure America uh, continues to never, ever uh, default. Their point? He's being a hypocrite. But it doesn't seem like McConnell cares about being called a hypocrite, right? Like when he's in power, he uses the levers of power as they are. And when he's not in power, he does everything he can to make sure the other people don't get to do what they want to do. Yeah, he does not seem particularly worried about uh, charges of hypocrisy. If you want to call me a hypocrite, uh, do it all you want. But I really don't care at all. For me, the thing that I can't get out of my head is like, the fact that we have a debt ceiling, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it does nothing to accomplish the original goal of limiting government borrowing, right? No. But it does 
over and over and over again cause politicians here in America to flirt with, you know, economic catastrophe. No big deal. It feels dumb, stupid, bad. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why are we in this position as a country? It is dumb, stupid, and bad, and it's been an <laughs> absolute annoyance to me for the better part of a decade. It dates Eugene back to World War One, and it was instituted just so you know every time Treasury needed to issue new debt, particularly to fund the war, they wouldn't have to do a, another vote every time. They would give the uh, administration and Treasury a bunch of room to work with to raise the borrowing limit uh, didn't become a political weapon until, you know, 2010 to now. Uh, and you're right, it does nothing to limit borrowing. All it does is authorize Treasury to pay the bills that we've already incurred from spending and tax cuts and the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, but it is nothing but a, a huge pain in the butt and a potential catastrophe. Yeah. Not what you want, I feel like, when you're running a government. Just something that's, like, not really doing what it was supposed to do and just, like, causing a lot of heartburn. We've got a lot of old people up there. Lots of Tums, I'm sure, over the last next yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, and we flirted with disaster before, and, you know, we're starting to do it again. Yeah, yeah. So the date, they call it the X date. That's been all over the place. Yeah. Originally, Secretary Yellen said that the date was October 18th. Now McConnell and Schumer have announced this deal that kicks the can down the road a little bit. The government can continue to pay its bills until December. But say we get to that date, whatever it is, and there's no deal to lift this ceiling again. Yeah. What happens? Give, give me the concrete consequences for, for real Americans. Planes fall out of the sky. Uh, lakes oh are God. on fire immediately. The streets run <laughs> red with the blood. No, I, I'll say this. Nothing good happens. It's not, it doesn't feel far off from that. With no. the apocalyptic tone that right. members of Congress and the president have used. But to, to be non-facetious, what happens is <laughs> the government just does not have enough room to borrow more money to pay our bills. So that means that we start to default on debts that bondholders, uh, U.S. Treasury bondholders, could see defaults. We could be unable to pay the military, Social Security, all sorts of benefits, and Wall Street will tank. I mean, there's just no way around it. The Treasury market is the biggest, most liquid market in the world. Uh, the full faith and credit of the United States underpins everything. So people will see markets crash, and then they'll see interest rates go up on everything from their home and auto loans to credit cards and everything else. Market chaos, economic chaos, all for absolutely no good reason. <laughs> How depressing, Ben. I didn't know this was going to be so sad <laughs> of, of a podcast. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. Let me tell you that. I, I, I'll be honest with you, but okay, I don't think it's going to happen. that's good to know. Why, why, why do you feel so sure about that? Because it, it would be so cataclysmically stupid and uh, self-pain-inducing that I, I don't think Democrats who have unilateral authority, if they want to use it uh, to raise the debt limit, can do it. And we can get into that. I'm sure we will, how they could do that. Yep. Uh, but they're not going to let Biden's presidency crash under a debt limit disaster. It's not like one of these situations where they are at the mercy completely of Republicans, which it has been in the past when it happened to President Obama. He had Republican Congresses to deal with. Biden has the narrowest of majorities, but he has a majority. So if they have to do it on their own, they will. And frankly, Republicans know that. Yeah. You know something that irritates me about this whole debt ceiling mess is I just don't understand how they're going to try to give me some kind of credit score as the government <laughs> when their credit situation is a hot mess that they owe so much money themselves. Like, mind your business, right. worry about your money that you owe. <laughs> 
ma'ams and sirs. We only owe 28 trillion uh, in total. So just 28 trillion. Yeah. I just, the more that we talk in trillions, the more that I get like heart palpitations. It also felt like a number when I was a kid that was made up, right? Like right. you trillions, a j- bajillion, which <laughs> I think is also made up, but maybe we will hit a bajillion at some it, point. It does seem hard to fathom uh, these numbers, but yeah, <laughs> they're very large. Okay, so here's a hypothetical. Say yeah. we get to this dreaded X deadline. There's no deal. And so all of these bad consequences you're talking about start happening. There's the blood in the streets, the planes. From, okay, not yeah. that, but the, the credit cards, the 401ks right. become an issue. But then by just a couple of days after the deadline, there is a deal. Right. So how bad is that? So we get to the limit. We go over it a little bit. And then three days later, there's a deal. Yeah. What does that mean for the country? Well, and, and there would be. I mean, it would be so bad. Uh, and politically disastrous for all involved that there would be a deal relatively soon after that. I can't imagine. It's like, hmm. you know, having a hurricane hit, you know, a category five storm hit and you do nothing to mitigate it in any way. Like it just wouldn't happen. There'd have to be a response, but it would be bad. I mean, it would be a self-inflicted wound in an economy that is is pretty decent. You know, we're bouncing back from COVID, not as fast as we would like, you know, but unemployment rates going down, uh, people have jobs, they have some money in their pockets, no reason to, you know, deal a blow to the economy. But if we were to breach the debt limit for a couple of days, you'd probably see credit rating agencies downgrade the U.S. debt, which is bad. And you'd see a lot of losses all across markets. Um, but yeah, it would be so much blood running in the streets that Congress would have to act after that. But it would just, as we've said before, be, you know, the dumbest thing we could do. Over and over, I've heard that Congress could just suspend the debt limit. Could we get rid of it since we made it up? Uh, Eugene, from your lips to God's ears, I've been <laughs> advocating for this. And, and we did. And I don't have to get too deep in the weeds. Some people who are right. nerdy like me will remember the Gephardt rule. There was a period of time where it was essentially suspended uh, and that it was automatically raised by whatever amount Congress authorized in spending and uh, borrowing. Um, So we did have a blissful period where we didn't have to worry about it. And yes, the Democrats could do that again. I think a lot of people would be absolutely thrilled if they did that. I think Republicans secretly would be thrilled as well, since they wouldn't have to deal with it when they're in power. Uh, But that's a really politically difficult vote to take, to say, you know, we're eliminating the debt limit, because it sounds like you're a drunken sailor willing to spend money all the time on anything. Not really what it is, but it sounds like that. Sometimes when the debt ceiling comes around, or even when we talk about debt in general with the country's debt, people often compare it to our own debt, right? Like it's like AT&T is not getting paid today. You know, maybe I, I don't <laughs> I don't sign my check. And so they have to come <laughs> right. back to me. So it doesn't bounce. So is that a good comparison that the, the country can move around things? There's there's certain types of levers that they can pull in order to make sure we don't hit this and give Congress a little bit more time. Right. I mean, it's a decent comparison. We've already done that to a degree. Like we would have Mm. hit the limit a lot sooner. There's something the Treasury does every time we get close to the debt limit being hit called emergency measures. And that is moving stuff around from different accounts to make sure we pay all our bills and pay our bondholders. The X date that we mentioned is the point at which that all runs out. They can't do it anymore. But yeah, I mean, we could, it's up to you. Like, who do you want to pay? You pay the military, you pay the rest of the federal government, you pay social security, what do you do? Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk 
you're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the farm bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. We're all looking, starting to look toward the midterms, right? By the time we get to January, basically all work in D.C. is going to stop and we're just mostly going to be on the road campaigning. And so this feels like an issue that's going to come up in the midterms and that Republicans are hoping to use this as a bludgeon as, you know, socialist Democrats out here spending all your money, which isn't fully true because the debt limit is about old money. But I am curious what you think about this on the midterms, right? It seems like Republicans or somebody is thinking that there's some kind of crossover voter, that Republicans are going to be like, you know what? Because Democrats did the right thing on the debt limit, I'm going to vote for them. Right. Or the other way, right, that you have Democrats that are so upset that, you know, their 401k did something bad because of the debt limit that they're not going to vote for Democrats. But that doesn't feel true. So I guess I'm curious what you think yeah. the actual political midterm implications of this fight, yeah. um, especially if we go over. This is part of what annoys me so much about it, because I think the political salience of the debt limit as a you know vote moving issue in campaigns midterm campaigns is a lot smaller than maybe it would have been during the tea party era or eras that were slightly less polarized and there were more swing voters like you know as well as i do that there are much fewer numbers of those and less competitive districts and were more polarized and um you know democrats just want to raise the debt limit and move on and republicans i guess in a lot of places don't but I don't know that there is, you know, a huge windfall to be had politically at this point uh, for, you know, either saying you took a great stand on debt by not raising the debt limit or, you know, beating up the other side for being intransigent on it. So I think it's like, let's flirt with wrecking the economy, ruining everybody's uh, day and week and month and year, tanking the stock market um, and annoying Ben White and keeping him up late at night um, for a political. <laughs> that is the that is really the the tragedy. That's now. the big tragedy. Exactly, is the impact on me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Always the case. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's it's good copy though. Let's be honest. Like it's you know, it gives me something to That's write true. about. But I mean, the point I'm trying to make in too many words is I don't think the politics of it are so you know, big and powerful and vote moving that it's worth messing around with it at all. Like, I don't think Republicans will get punished for raising it. I don't think Democrats will get punished for raising it. I think everybody just wants to move on. Like, we've gotten lots of other things to worry about over the last year. Nobody needs this. Nobody wants this. Um, It's just a Washington thing. It is. It is a Washington thing. I think one of the most absurd, interesting, kind of hilarious twists in this story is that This can all be fixed by the Treasury minting a trillion dollar coin, a coin that is worth a trillion dollars. And they just put it in, I don't know, the bank account of the government. (laughs) (laughs) They just just put drop it in the pinball machine slot. This is something that you guys have talked about for years. Yes. Officials have ruled it out this time. Yeah. Just explain this kind of crazy seeming idea. It is a cool, quirky, weird thing that sounds insane, but is actually possible um, because there is a law on the books that allows treasury to mint a particular platinum coin at whatever denomination they want from you know one penny to you know 50 quadrillion dollars one trillion is just the number that a lot of people latched onto because it would be enough to you know cover our debts and not have us breach the debt limit so 
the basic theory is Treasury mints this actual coin worth a trillion dollars, physically deposits it with the New York Fed. That money is then in the Treasury bank account and can be used to service our debt and pay our bills and uh, pay bondholders. And hence, the debt limit is no longer an issue. The White House doesn't want to do it. The last White House didn't want to do it. It sounds like, and is to a degree, the province of nerdy, uh, you know, econ finance Twitter people. <laughs> Right. What does that look like? Like, what does a trillion dollar coin look like? Is it who's on it? Is it me? Is yeah. it Beyonce? Like, who's <laughs> on the trillion dollar coin? Do we get to pick? Yeah, it's A Rod, actually, um, who's on it. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an eagle that's on it. And, and people who of are course. listening who haven't seen it, just Google it. And it's cool looking. It's like a sharp looking platinum coin with an eagle. Um, and then you put whatever denomination you decide on it you put one trillion on it um but they do actually have to like physically make it and then deposit it uh and then you know the money shows up in the bank account but yeah like you or i eugene could not do that to pay our bills but this is fiat currency right can i take this piece of paper and write like a yeah. million dollars and then quit my job tomorrow that feels like this, a no yeah. but if the government can do it this is why the government is not like personal you know household budget like you can compare them in certain ways but in the ability to finance debt, the ability to issue debt, the ability to have your own currency, which we call fiat currency that you can just issue and create, it is unique. Uh, and the US is you know, the most powerful and able in the world to do that. And we could do it with a trillion dollars that would you know, push our debt from 28 to 29 trillion, wouldn't be a catastrophe at all. <laughs> and I mean, we could also do it for all of the trillions. It could be whatever we want it. Well, then we get into inflation, and we could talk about inflation for 45 minutes, because that's what everybody loves to talk about. Oh, Lord, not inflation. <laughs> what is your... If you if you were talking to someone and you needed to... They were like, you know what, I'm not going to listen to this whole podcast. I'm not about to read all these stories. So what is your too long don't read here? Mine yeah. is money stupid and not real. <laughs> because <laughs> if, you could just, if you could just make up a trillion dollar coin with money you don't have, seems... To not make a lot of sense here that we either don't do it or that it's even a possibility. So what's your too long don't Yeah. Read? Well, first of all, people better listen to the whole podcast and they better read all the stories. Because <laughs> we're so much fun, you guys. But if they don't, I and I've said it and I say it in you know short paragraphs and morning money, we're not breaching the debt limit. I don't know exactly how we get past it. Um, it is either unilateral Democrats uh, do it through reconciliation or Republicans cave and agree to a bipartisan vote. But it's so unthinkable uh, and would be so catastrophically stupid that not even uh, the U.S. government and Congress could manage to pull it off. So one way we get from point A to point B, the exact line uh, to get there, I'm not sure of, but I, I wouldn't lose a huge amount of sleep over it. I mean, the thing I think that people can take away, you know, if they want to feel good, not just from your beautiful dulcet tones calming them down, but also that Moody's, the investor service, put out something that said the U.S. is expected to raise the debt limit, avoid default. And the business community, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't seem concerned yeah. that this isn't going to happen. And usually they are the first people to freak yeah. out because they have all the money. Right. There's some concern in the business community, and I think you'll see a little bit more mm -hmm. as we get closer. But the reason that it, there isn't huge concern is that, as we've said before, this is not divided government. Like the path exists for one party to do it. When we really got in trouble before, um, you know, in 2014 and 2011 and 2012, it was you know, Republicans controlling the Hill, Obama in the White House. And that really was like 
who the heck knows what's going to happen if they can't agree. Here, Dems can do it on their own if they want. Ben, thank you so much for doing this. I know you have a lot more reporting and writing to do, so everyone should subscribe to Morning Money and pay a lot of attention to the things you're going to be saying over the next week. That was great fun. Oh, and one more thing. Ben's got a request. Ben, take it away. Hey, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Ben White at Politico here. Um, I'm sure you've listened to this entire debt limit pod, and I just have a couple quick questions for you. One, why won't we just get rid of the thing entirely? It's such an anachronistic relic that just drives us all nuts and serves no purpose. So, you know, man up and and dump it already. Uh, I think a lot of people would thank you. And number two, what happened to our Yankees? Um, Are you going to hold hearings on why Phil Nevin sent Aaron Judge from third base home in that game and basically guarantee that we'd lose? Um, America needs to know, and and you can get us the answers. Uh, Hit me up on bewhiteatpolitico.com. All right, peace out. And that's our show. Our producers are Adrian Hurst and Andy Reese. Our senior producer is Ginny Ahmet. And our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Mike Zappler is Playbook's daily newsletter editor. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And before you go, I want to tell you about Global Insider. It's a podcast from Politico where each episode brings you intimate conversations with world leaders. This week, host Ryan Heath talks to the head of NATO about China. And next week, one of the world's most powerful regulators who can put limits on big tech. That's Global Insider. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Eugene Daniels. See you next week, where we'll take you behind the scenes of D.C. on another Playbook Deep Dive. Thanks for listening.